A boy's best friend is his mother. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Ah! Rocky! Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? Better give me those shoes, they're mine, give them back to me! How many times do I have to tell you Ursula Andres belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts? Oh, you heterosexuals. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You're a bullshit artist! They're coming! They're coming! Hello and welcome to Screaming Queens, the horror podcast with the Queer Eye View. This is our third Halloween special and in this episode we are going to be looking at the silent horror expressionist classic from 1922, Nosferatu. My name is Jonathan Larkin. I'm Jonathan Butler. I'm Martin Fennerty. Stephen Moore. And uh, yeah, so John, this is your this is your choice, isn't it? Yeah, this is my... Well, um, I, we, I have a few films that I usually watch most Halloweens. I'll do... Well... Probably what I usually do is I'll stick on The Exorcist, <laughs> then I'll stick on Beyond, and then Nosferatu. Oh, great. Good uh, choices. But we've kind of already covered The Exorcist mm. when someone said it was an awful film. Mm-hmm. Can't remember who that was. Oh, God, I forgot about that. I can't believe I have forgiven you for that. Mm. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we wouldn't do that again. Uh, and The Beyond, we talked about that. Kind of before as well as when we were doing video nasties. And they'll probably do it properly. properly. Yeah, and yeah, if we were going to do it properly, it deserves to. Yeah, we will. Maybe do a faulty episode. Yeah. But, and then, so yeah, the third of the films I will usually watch is Nosferatu. Great. From 1922. What happens in that then? Well, it's interesting because the story of Nosferatu is just a story of Dracula. Because. Like the name's <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, the changed slightly, aren't they? Yeah, uh, Murnau, the director, was actually sued by um, Bram Stoker's wife. Uh, it was made long enough ago that his wife was still alive to sue him. They actually um, ruled that the film should be destroyed. So all the copies, well, the majority of the copies of Nosferatu that were made were destroyed. It was only because, I think it was the writer kept a copy, and there was a few other copies floating about yeah. that, that, that even survived today. So we're actually quite lucky that it's still around. Because it was ordered to be destroyed. Wow, we are really lucky, aren't we? Mm. When you think, because mm. a lot of his other films have been destroyed as well, haven't they? Made yeah. those? I think films of that age anyway just deteriorate, just don't lost, do they forever? Not stored properly, or you know, yeah. be a fire in a warehouse. Yeah. Chemically, I think they yeah, yeah. at some point they can um, they just they just spontaneously yeah. get into flame. Yeah. It was interesting though because part of I think the background of the film was probably one of the reasons it was saved. It was the writer of the film was uh, Henrik Galeen mm. and he was friends with Alban Grau and these were the, the two people who were like the main influences for the film and they were both kind of like involved in Freemasonry yeah Alban Grau was like a spiritualist wasn't he yeah, yeah. the uh, there was the Order of the Temple of the East which yeah. um, Arthur Crowley was involved of in of course right so it was yeah. because they basically kept all the copies of it mm. and it was secure in their you know, Masonic Lodge or whatever, the, yeah. the film was saved. So it's down to the occult that we've yeah, still got. Yeah. Well, when the film was made, they, they wanted to do it as, like, the first occult, like, esoteric film. Yeah. And so all the way through it, there's lots of, like, um, arcane, esoteric it's symbols. It's really creepy, that, isn't it? Yeah. The thought of that. 
that's what the, the letter isn't it the letter that Dracula writes yeah all the letters all the letters that um, I can't even Orlock 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 sends there anyone who's in the know of Freemasonry and stuff will recognise all those as like yeah. um, spiritual symbols yeah. and that's like that. really genuinely creepy to me so if you if you know the story of Dracula we have a character what's his name Hutter what's he called it's um, Thomas Thomas Hutter in yeah. this who's the Jonathan Hart character his boss tells him that uh, a rich count from Transylvania wants to buy property in their town where they live, which is Wisberg, is it? Yeah. Wisberg. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Mr. Hutter is sent out to meet Count Orlock. Yeah, he's the count from Sesame Street in the original, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heads out to Transylvania to meet the count. He travels well to the country of ghosts, as it says in the titles. I thought phantoms. It's phantoms. It depends what version you've watched. Yeah, a few different Okay, right. I've watched. Yeah. I've watched the layman's version. Obviously, I should go away and rewatch. Have like common ghosts. <laughs> <Ghost. laughs> <laughs> I did wonder when he gets told travel well to the land of phantoms. Why you would? Why you wouldn't think? <laughs> This raises a minute you might be my boss, but I don't think you should be sending me there. <laughs> <laughs> this, this raises a red flag. I don't yeah, think it's like it. Have you risk assessed this? <laughs> yeah, so then it's the um, it's the usual Dracula story. He turns up. Um, there's local villagers. He, he turns up at the pub, doesn't he? And says, oh, I'm off to see Count Orlock, and then everyone does that. Well, I know it's silent, so you can't hear them, but everyone stops. <laughs> <laughs> there's a sharp intake of breath. But you can't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're all looking at them as if to say, no, you, no one is going to take it up there. The, the tour guides aren't, aren't going to go up there. But then luckily a phantom carriage turns up and it, it happens to be Orlock himself, which that happens in Dracula as well, isn't it? It's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. actor comes yeah. down, takes them. It's actually almost shot for shot recreated by Francis Ford Coppola, isn't it? Yeah. In a much less impressive way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the scene in the inn is one of my favourites and it's always my favourite in all of these in, in any sort of vampire movie the bit where they go to the cosy little inn in the middle of nowhere mm. um, with a bit there's usually a big burly woman behind the bar who gives them yeah. hot soup and yeah. stuff and then says you, come, you mustn't go just stay the night and then the carriage goes past and they all go quiet and they're all listening that's my favourite bit of any sort of film like this I love mm. it absolutely love it yeah I do like when they talk about the werewolf about the werewolves in the forest well they don't talk yeah. about it but you get it in the title about the werewolves in the forest and you yeah, see yeah. a hyena it's a hyena it's a hyena it's like a dog <laughs> a hyena from Africa in, in the Carpathian Mountain <laughs> see the versions I watched I've got the Eureka version Masters of Cinema one and it's weird because it's tinted so when it's daylight it's tinted yellow to show you it's daylight or it's bright. Oh, wow, okay. And when it's dark, it's tinted blue. I've got two versions of it, you know. Yeah. I've got the Masters of Cinema one, which I couldn't find today. Yeah. And then I found an old version that I've got, which they brought out basically as an advertisement for that film, Shadow of the Vampire. Oh, yeah. yeah. And all of the blurb is about Shadow of the Vampire, but yeah. the DVD is two versions of Nosferatu. Yeah. And really strange. I've got the version of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So fine. Because that will put bits... Yeah, it's, it's one of the few times we can actually say, watch it on YouTube. <laughs> you can actually watch it on YouTube. It's, yeah, there's no, it's publicly owned. I do like when he cuts his thumb and he just starts like trying, he's like, he's giving him the eyes and he sees the blood. Yeah. It's like, damn. Yeah. I, I, I'd probably leave then when he starts trying yeah. to suck Yeah, there's a school of thought that there's homoeroticism in all these scenes. And... I never saw it, but maybe that's because I find Count Orlok intensely unattractive. <laughs> so if that was like, oh, he's really 
race up my alley. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I thought, yeah. Pointy ears. Yeah, I thought Long Stephen's a Stephen's got a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aubergine emoji a go-go. <laughs> um, I thought, um, yeah, I was thinking, it's not homoerotic, but then when I, when I boiled it down, I thought, well, he's seducing him with wine and dinner. He wanted to suck on him. Mm. Um, and he's putting him in a trance. So it is homoerotic, but it's just because I'm so shallow. I'm thinking he's not attractive, so this can't be homoerotic in the slightest. If he was played by, like, you know, Rudolph Valentino or someone of that time, then obviously I'd have thought it was homoerotic. I don't, I wouldn't say it was homoerotic as such. I do think Nosferatu is extremely camp. Like... Yeah, when you first see him and he walks down, he, he comes out of like a tunnel, doesn't he? And oh he's like God. in like a weird costume and like a like a weird pastry he's chef's hat on. Yeah. And he like, well, just all of his movements are just really, really camp. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like I find him <laughs> scary. It's yeah. so scary when he stands still and then he moves yeah. and I just start laughing. <laughs> right. Yeah. There is a definite campness to him, I think. I like when he uh, when he <laughs> was when he's on the ship and he comes out to uh, the hold yeah, see I just find that terrifying no it's so funny there's a great bit <laughs> <laughs> there's a bit where he's in the window across from him like near yeah. the end and he's like staring at it and he's like staring intensely staring intensely staring intensely and he goes Strike a person. Just oh, like, yeah. just like, <laughs> I'm gonna walk up. Creepy. That's yeah. like, that did make me laugh. And he's like that the entire way. Everything he does is dead scary when he's still, and then he moves, and he's just camp as hell. I do like when he's got to send. He's got to send a letter to his wife as well, and he just looks out the window, sees a man on a horse, and think, "Yeah, you'll you'll do." Yeah. I'll, I'll give man on a horse wearing a smock and new pants. I was going to say, were they like skin? Were they like skin coloured leggings? No pants. So he didn't have pants on. I don't think he did. I think they were just his legs. Did anybody else notice that Ellen Putter looked very mannish? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was a man in a wig. <laughs> I actually it is actually, on Wikipedia. It is actually a, it is actually yeah. a woman. I looked it up. <laughs> Maybe it was a trans woman, but it looks very mannish. Possibly one of the most mannish mm-hmm. characters in the film. <laughs> <laughs> very strong jawline. That explains Countess Orlock's attraction. Yes, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he does, when he sees a photo of his wife, he does say, doesn't he, your wife has a lovely neck. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it's like, that's great. a strange compliment yeah, to give anyone, great. really. That's really good. Yes, I love her Adam's apple. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she cuts herself shaving well on the way. I, don't, I didn't like the wife anyway. When she's just a little bitch. When he gives her flowers, oh, why did you kill the flowers? Can you oh, kill yeah, flowers, please? Ungrateful cow. It's, it's her fear of death, isn't it? It's mm. called flowers. She keeps having premonitions of her own doom. That's what it is, Stephen. Whatever. I don't care. She's just ungrateful. I love the bit where he said where he blames his bites on his neck on mosquitoes. Yeah, <laughs> <two> mosquitoes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just so right next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If it was the version that much, but like. Do, does it take that long to read two lines of text? Because those texts are there for like. They're on for a while, yeah. And well, I was like. You've got to remember that some people watching the film in those days quite often would have been illiterate. illiterate. That's what I was thinking. So sometimes there are people in the cinema who would be who would be reading it out right. as well. Yeah. I was thinking if this was actually why it was happening. Yeah. And then. Quite common in sad films for the, for the, the intertitles to be up quite long. And then. 
But okay, the first time, yes. But then, like, they read letters at the beginning, and then they read the same letters again at the end. And they show you it both times for a very long period of time. I don't need to see it twice. I don't need to see it for that long twice. Yeah. It's just a bit weird. Maybe it's just your millennial attention span. Yeah, it is. I don't understand acts. Like, why? Oh, it's like a five acts, isn't it? Yeah. There's five, five acts. acts. But then, like, was the breaks? It would probably be in reels to change the reel. Because oh, yeah, a film, a, a reel of film is only like 20 minutes long or not even that. So the projectionist would have to change the reel, physically put the next reel of the film in to the projector. So that's, that's probably so that's probably what it was. That's yeah. what I just I didn't understand why. The, in doing it. laser films, you can see um, there's like a, a dot in the corner which it's called cigarette yeah, burns, yeah. and that was and that tells you to switch that was a cue for the projectionist to put the next one in. But back then, they probably would have to. This reel's ended. I've got to put the next one in quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or they would have. Uh, a a little little or maybe like some someone yeah. will come out and sell chalk ices. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mm, little tailbox, huh? <laughs> probably not in cigarettes. <laughs> 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 you probably didn't get many chalk ices in 20s Germany, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, would you say then, would you say this is the uh, one of the best examples of expressionist cinema? Yeah, it's up there, it's definitely. It's I, like the poster boy, isn't it? Yeah. Really? I, well, Probably Caligari. The characters of the Caligari is probably yeah, the prime yeah. example. But this has definitely got elements of it. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing, the, the shadow on the wall is, like, the probably the yeah. most iconic horror thing ever, isn't it? Yeah. So mm. that makes it expressionism. So it's all about the shadow, isn't it? Yeah. Shadow and... The lighting, its angles, its use, its... Um, it's all sorts of things. So it's, it's not camera angles, but it's use of geometric use shapes of the, in yeah. the yeah. Okay. As well. Yeah. So I did pick on all with that. I just wasn't sure if that was what made it. Yeah. Expressionism as opposed to. Yeah, I always go for the shadows. Always make me think. Right, to go for an expressionist thing here. Mm. That's usually where you, that's sort of the entry point, and then you start realizing the way the angles are and. Yeah, because like obviously the most famous scheme that they use is the staircase ascending. Mm. Yeah, going up the stairs. Which, is really cool. Yeah. It's really really cool that's scene. Good. Yeah. It's not me the scariest point. No, I think there are really that that scene is obviously iconic, but I think there are better scenes. I like the, the yeah. scene right after where his hand is going around the corner, but because it's going around the corner, his fingers again yeah. all like distended, yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, it adds extra creepiness to it. Yeah, one of the most striking images in the whole film for me is when on so he comes on the boat, doesn't he? To when what's it called? Wisberg. So he comes to Wisbeck on the boat and he is basically, he's, he's like a plague on two legs, isn't he? So mm. everyone's dying all around him. And then... Because he brings the rats. Yeah, he brings the rats. There's, a, there's an amazing line, I wrote it down. The death ship had a new captain. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, because the captain chains himself to the wheel, doesn't yeah. he? And then he just comes and kills him anyway. But then, so then when he gets there, there's a shot where, this, where, where you see a big long street. And the soldiers coming down to telling people to stay in the homes. Yeah. And talking about the plague and all that. And it's just an empty streets and everyone looking out the windows. It's just yeah. so atmospheric. And you know that you know that thing that people talk about when they talk about old movies and it's like communing with the dead. I feel that watching this mm, film yeah. is a real eerie quality. Yeah, because you know everybody in that film is yeah. long dead. Yeah. But there's just some there's an air of death about the whole thing. Yeah. I suppose it's plague as well. I mean, probably yeah. there would have been no people alive who remembered the plague, but yeah. that was that's a European mm. kind of like it's part of our conscious. Yeah. You know, mm. 
millions of people died yeah. of the plague. That shot, and then my second favourite shot is not like just after it, there's, the, there's a bit with the man lighting the street lamps in the dark. Yeah. Amazing. Just so atmospheric. Yeah. Dreamlike. Nightmarish. Like Ooh. where he rises out the coffin, when the coffin <coughs> is stacked in the ship. Yeah. And he just rises, he rises up. That's fantastic. Although I do like some of the speeders up bits, they look a bit camp and silly now, but mm. where he's stacking the coffins of Earth. Yeah. And it's it's like slightly speeded up, so it's. Yeah, yeah. Because as Hutter's looking out the window, he sees the cows like, stacking them up, and then he just speeds off. <laughs> it feels like you see it in the normal pace, and then it feels like they just suddenly went fast forward, and then play again. <laughs> and you can just, it literally just breaks like that so quickly. There's no transition into the two, it's just. And all, yeah, also the, the whole bit with the ship coming over as well. Ellen at the beach is really scary. Yeah. The the colour of the beach, everything. So I don't know what the version you watch, but the tinted on the one I watch is really dark. Yeah. It's like a really otherworldly quality to us sitting on that deserted beach. Fabulous. It's a great film. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's showing the, the darkness that's coming. It's like she's. Well, there's a line. It's just, there's a line around that point where it says, "I was. I must go to him." But you don't know who she's talking about. You don't know if does she mean a husband or does she mean the count? Yeah. Every single moment where it's just shows Nosferatu standing there, as still as possible. I just think it's genius. I find just his image to look at and him staring back at it with his eyes and he looks kind of... I wouldn't say he looks menacing because I think he looks lost. There's just something genuinely, ethereally scary about him. Mm. It's sort of animal-like, isn't he? It's insane. Apparently the actual, the extras... In um, I think it was where did you go? Czech Republic. We well, want to be Czech Republic, but when you went to Czechoslovakia or Hungary, the extras were actually scared of him. They wouldn't go near him. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they were just scared of the actor. I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah. Just wouldn't, wouldn't go near him. Doesn't talk about Dracula or vampires always being corrupt, and then you get that sense just looking at him. Yeah. He always embodies corruption, mm. not in that financial sense, but in that yeah. like that moral sense. He just like he, you can see he's almost he's been physically altered by the corruption of his yeah, cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugly on the inside. Mm. One thing that's quite interesting. The version I was thinking, I was watching. I thought the music was a little bit merry. Yeah, I think the version that's on YouTube. I think the film is public domain, but the soundtrack isn't. Yeah. So I think they've had to change the music for that. But when I was reading up on it, they lost. The original score. There's oh. a different score on everyone you're watching. Yeah. yeah. So, um, because they lost the original score, some of it's been remade. From yeah, the they've new. remade more. And then, as it's been released each time, people have put their own scores mm. on it. Different artists, different yeah. composers have all done their own version of it. So it is like it would probably be a very different experience from watching one version to a different version. This one was. Really creepy energy, but then really sweet. It's got like a, it's that got like the weird electronic score, or is it almost the one that you no, watched? No, it's or? really sim- like symphonic. Yeah, Because the one on the the Masters of Cinema one is tries to recreate the uh, original score, and it's got like it uses a xylophone, and every time I hear the xylophone, it just makes me think of skeletons. So it's quite creepy. So it is quite creepy. But I suppose that might take some people out of it because it's yeah you know a bit, some people might call it cheesy or camp but yeah it, that's what would have been the score originally. Yeah. It was a beautiful score. It just I didn't know if it exactly matched what I was watching, and then it didn't help with me trying to stay awake. Yeah, well, I think I think the thing I love most about this this interpretation of the Dracula is is 
the emphasis is more on the first half of the book, really, and then mm. the bit where he gets there and meets her. And yeah, that's quite short. It's all it? hurried along, and I feel like I've seen that a hundred times, whereas the stuff about going to visit the castle is all scarier to me. There's yeah. less of the romance. And, and in that. the book, that's actually well better part of the book. Yeah. If you ever read it, the, the, the castle scenes in the yeah. book are well scarier yeah. than when it goes yeah. back to the little adventure-killing scenes. I mean, if you're not used to watching old films, especially silent films, this is a very different yeah, watching yeah. experience than you will be used to. Mm. You have to watch it in a very different way than you watch modern yeah. film, and you can't um, you can't dual screen by no. watching this film no, because no. you've got the benefit of being able to keep one ear, one ear to yeah. the screen and look away. You have to watch it all the time, and that's what's tiring. And it does make it it does make it is soporific because you have to concentrate much, yeah, much I, more because you have to look at the people. Um, so you have to sort of go with that. Yeah. You have to be prepared that for that that you're not watching you're not watching scream yeah. or yeah. anything that's you know, that that's particularly modern. This is you have to watch it in a different way. Yeah. Or be in the cinema in the nineteen twenties, smoking, <laughs> eating, shagging, talking and not really being bothered about what's on the screen. <laughs> so <anyone's wrong>. yeah. <laughs> Just don't watch it at one o'clock in the morning and thinking you're gonna be able to stay up. No. Yeah. No. It doesn't work. But sorry, I was even going to say that there was something I was going to say. There's a, there's a bit of a clue as well. It gives away the, how small the budget is. The scene where Orlok is carrying his coffin through town. Yeah. That scene, you can tell by the shadows how long it took them to do, film that scene, and it, they said that was done in about four hours. Really? Because they just the, the budget was so small for the film. The boat arrived in the morning. They had like two days of filming in that location. So the boat arrived in the morning and a couple of hours later, he was carrying the coffin through town. Yeah. So it, it took them hours, hours to get those shots. Yeah. So it's like, you've got to get it right first time. Yeah. What I thought was strange was um, how he seems to be moving about freely in the daylight, mm. but then the sunrise kills him. Because she lures him into the sun, into mm. the sunrise. The, yeah. But the, the... The first crowing of the cock. Yeah, it's not about... What, it's it not the cock that kills him? It's killed by cock. definitely going on. Because the... cock is a downfall. The book is... The, what, <laughs> what he reads in the book is not about... It's about the... You know, is it the virginal woman will... Right. Will not, will not draw him away from the first cocking of the crow, or is it? Right. So, so basically, it's a combination then of... Well, of Ellen and Cock. Ellen and Cock. Well, uh, well, maybe Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the, the point. Well, the point of the story is like you know, the, all these people come under Orlock or Dracula's like thrall, and so that's his power. In the, you know, enchants them and trances them. But then when that power is used on him, that's his weakness. It's not really the sun. It's more. It's his own power being used against him because mm. he can't resist. Well, you know, maybe he's not gay. He can't resist a woman. He can't resist a lov- the lovely neck. Yeah, <laughs> the lovely neck of an innocent woman. Right. Mm. I was going to say virginal, but she's probably not because she's married. So the cock being his downfall is quite ironic, isn't it? Considering how Merno died. I don't know about this. So Merno, as apparently it was, a, there's a rumor that he is a tor- he was a tortured, repressed. Closet homosexual, <laughs> and he died in a car crash um, at the age of 42. And the rumour is so the rumour was he was gay, he had a thing for young lads, and he had a 14 year old Filipino valet 
driving his car. Interesting. And he was he was going down on him, and he crashed. Wow. Cock may have been the end of him as well. This is all rumor, but yeah, I was gonna say that. So it's a complete fact. You can't defend the dead. And if that's not gay enough. Greta Garbo then has a death mask made of him because she loved him and went to his funeral. Okay, I think he did. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. He did give uh, Bela Lugosi his first role in film as well. No, no. Okay. And also as well, I think Dracula fans in general have got got him to thank for a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. I feel like this film influenced the Dracula legacy more more than the novel did. Yeah. Mm. We've got Salem's Lot out of, out of this yeah. way, haven't we? And um, the, the remake, have you seen the remake from the 70s? No. Oh, the Hedgehog one, yeah. That's, brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant as well. I think I think that I think that might be on a certain streaming service as well. Okay. It's on, um, I've watched oh. it on Amazon yeah, recently, it's on free, I think. On Amazon Prime. Oh, but it's also, it's on, also, on, it's also on, a, on, a, on a more universal. Yeah. Well, the Werner Herzog version is stunning and it features Isabella Gianni from Possession. Oh, wow. Who I know you both love oh, so yeah. much. <laughs> so you should watch it just for But it, yeah, I feel like this has influenced Dracula yeah, more than the novel did. Because people know it. People Even people who haven't seen it, they'll know as soon as they see, you know, the shots of going up the stairs or the shadows oh, or just a shot of him, you know, where it's from. It's just become part of, like, the collective culture. People know where it is yeah, and even though they've yeah. not seen it. For me, this is the first time I've actually watched it. Silent film apart from the artist. Oh yeah, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. Which I really enjoyed that film. Mm. But it was the first time I'd ever been watched one that was, you know, not hipster. Mm. Silence actually silent, and it was still just as effective for me. I yeah. think it was still really scary and creepy and atmosphere. And for me, that didn't distract. Yeah, yeah. I think I can be... understand for some people. Yeah. it definitely would. It yeah. will be just as effective, but you just have to watch it a little bit differently. You've got to yeah. pay a bit more attention to it. Mm. And you've got to be willing to yeah. try something like that. I mean, I don't think I'm going to be going through all the silent films. Oh, we need to see that one, we need to see that one. No. But if you look at expressionist stuff, though, you'll see loads of stuff that you'll want to watch because it's so dark yeah. and fucked up. Yeah, I, just, I, I could get into that. Because it, it was all response to First World War, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds interesting, I like that. Hmm? That does sound interesting. Yeah. Anything when it goes that dark. After Caligari's, maybe. Yeah. And well, there was... There was a theme in a lot of the, like the expression cinema at the time of like people sleepwalking and being people being taken over, and um, so they think you know people kind of people knew what was coming. They were sleepwalking into something horrible. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. God. There was some funny little stories about it. Apparently, um, the day they were filming in Wisberg, they put an advert in the paper. The scene where the boat arrived, they needed rats. So there was an advert in the paper one one day saying. Um, we need 50 live rats for this scene. We're going to be filming it. The next day, there was an advert for a rat catcher. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So they'd, uh, they'd done the filming and the rats had escaped. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so, no, I love it. I just think that, you know, this is... We're talking about practically the birth of cinema, you know. Yeah. And first horror, the birth of horror to be so closely linked to the birth of cinema as well. I just think... As long as there's been filmed, there's been horror. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So, you know, stuff like Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Osferati, I mean, it might be a different watch for a lot of people, but you still get a lot out of it, I think. Yeah. From one extreme to the other, Martin, what was your choice of select highbrow Halloween viewing? Mine was the artistic pinnacle of the cinematic art form. Um, Yeah. 1959's. The Master. 
also known as the split. It was released in this country as Split, but more generally it was known as The Monster. geisha houses of Tokyo, to the back alleys of the Ginza Strip, comes the terrifying news of a fiendish creature that threatens to destroy all who stand in his way. This is the frightening story of an American reporter in Tokyo who unwittingly became the victim of a shocking scientific experiment that turned him into a horrible mutant, half man, half monster, the Manster. Got away. I think I know where he's going, to Taurus. Follow me. Right. There's panic in the streets as the unheard of terror of a half-man, half-monster runs wild through the city. There he goes! Don't miss The Manster, a genuine thriller in the most frightening sense of the word. And I picked this because um, I hadn't realised I was meant to pick a film for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first film I saw. <laughs> so and then I thought, oh, I don't know, I don't really, I'm, I'm not quite the horror geek that you three are, so I don't have a go-to horror Halloween film. Um, and then I thought, I just thought I just need to look for a film to watch at Halloween that'd be fun. And I was looking on the internet and found a write-up of this and thought, well, I've never seen it. And you three have probably never seen no. it before either. So I, um, you I, pick, I picked this. <laughs> um, so the monster is a, it's a, it's an American and Japanese film. And it's about um, a journalist, Larry Stanford, who's, working in Japan and he's been there for a few years and he's neglected his marriage um, and he's a bit of a warner's Larry really? he likes his he likes his drinking he likes his women um, likes his geisha parties he loves his geisha parties <coughs> um, his slutty geisha parties <laughs> um, so he um He's meant to be going back to America to see his wife. He realises he needs to go and pay a bit of attention to her. But he has one last story to cover, and he's had this inkling of scientist Dr. Suzuki, who's doing some interesting work um, atop a volcano. Where no evil geniuses ever have their Where no mm-hmm. evil geniuses no, ever, no. ever in ha- have their house. Um, doing work on evolution. Was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. it's on evolution, right. and it's around... He, the premise of his work is that cosmic rays <coughs> oh, yeah. change the genes of, of, of animals and they often create new species. So it's actually the same radiation causes mutations, causes new, new species. And he's found a way to chemically induce this 
So that's yeah. why he's experimenting like yeah. Yeah. And then you go... It makes perfect sense. It yeah. makes perfect sense. Are you familiar with the latest thinking about cosmic rays and evolution? Oh, vaguely. The rays come out of space and every thousand years or so they cause a mutation. Cause some animal to give birth to a slightly different species, is that right? That'll do. Now you can understand what I mean when I tell you that I have a theory as to the cause of this change in species, uh, this mutation. I believe it can be done. Not with radiation, Mr. Stanford, but chemically. I've tried a few experiments with plants and fungus. You got any samples? Unfortunately, nothing I can show, only theoretical records. But I don't think they make sense to you. Well, it sounds great in scientific circles, Doc, but uh, it's not exactly what I'd call front page stuff. Hey, you know, it's kind of stuffy in here. It's the heat from the mountain. I use it sometimes for experiments. Will you excuse me, Mr. Stanford? I'll go down to the lab and bring you up some photos of my fungus experiments. <laughs> when you introduced Dr. Suzuki, he's in his house with his stroppy, sort of attractive Japanese assistant, Tara. She's sort of his voice of reason in mm. some way. Though I would say that Dr. Suzuki isn't entirely committed to being an evil genius. <laughs> <laughs> But you see at the back of his house, he has a giant laboratory yes. where there are mutant animals, well, mutant plants and yeah. various machines and computers and, and a giant and furnace. And a giant, and a giant furnace. Is this above the dungeon? It's a, the dungeon and the laboratory are the same through. There's even a mutant person, isn't there, in yeah. a cage? Well, yes, oh. we, we come to learn more we about We come to learn more <laughs> about <laughs> significantly. So Larry comes really on spec to interview Dr. Suzuki um, and Dr. Suzuki decides he's just going to randomly experiment on poor Larry. Yeah, why not? And um, gets him drunk (laughs) and injects him in the neck. And from there, things evolve. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think there's there's an element in this film of the sort of, um, uh, you know... We lovely wholesome Americans shouldn't venture to those strange faraway places because they're all they're all a bit mad and evil. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But I do think there is a thing that science has gone too far, and science isn't science can't be good. We don't understand. It's like a strange primitive thing is. We don't understand science, so it can't be good. Well, it's, it's got to be bad. It's one. Of it must be bad. It's a, it's an atomic horror film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. It's one of those. Yeah, I think. For me, it was just all about alcoholism and losing... Is it not? Did, did people not see it the way I saw it? It was all about his kind of going off the rails and he lost himself and alcoholism and he goes, spirals out of control and neglects his wife, loses everything, throws everything good, like his job, his wife and everything, goes down the drain as he devolves into this alcoholic stupid state and that's why as the film goes on he gets more and more drunk. Mm. And becomes the man with two heads, basically. Yeah, and he becomes the two men. Jack Leonard. Yeah. A good man. He's lost himself. And uh, that's why he splits from them. From the good and bad. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I think there is an element. If, I couldn't distinguish, really, because I wasn't sure whether it was that. Is he too... Has he sort of gone off the rails? Mm. Or... Is this just what people did in the 50s? <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you were a man and you were in Japan away yeah. from your wife. 
you yeah, just and drank and that. you were shagged. It's like Mad Men. Yeah. 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 And then when she turns up on the bounce, you make her feel bad. Yes. <laughs> She's like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have come, you know. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't. There's some, there's some, great, there's some great dialogue in that scene, though. Oh, but uh, my favourite bit of dialogue first came from Tara, where she says, I forgot how to care about anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like t- the Tara character is basically hitting you over the head with, this woman has a past. Because they always they allude to it. Do you want to go back to where we got you yeah. from? So, so she's bounced from rock yeah, yeah, yeah. No. 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 It's weird. It's better. Right yeah. at the start, there's like about two minute expo- exposition scene uh, but then there's some stuff they just don't even talk about yeah. I love this line I love it I think it's uh, Larry's um, Larry's line at the start you're working on the secrets of evolution stuff like that you know just <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> the bit I liked was Larry Stanford is 35 <laughs> <laughs> yes 35 and also yeah when he's on his phone just like he says he says um or is it her to him? I can't remember which. Oh, yeah, it's her to him. She says, I've got a picture of you in my mind while she's in front of a dressing table with a photograph of him and her. Why is he fucking front of her? Why do you need a picture of him in your mind? Is there? Is that on Valium? She was like Anna Nicole Smith. In that scene. I thought, what is she taking? So I've got everything I've got from this film. I've got everything I wanted from this film because I thought, this is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Them, it may possibly be a little bit creepy at times, but overall it would just be ridiculous and sort mm, of funny yeah. and fun. And I got most of that. Yeah. I don't know that I did get creepiness at any... Well, actually, no, I did. I did, I did get creepiness. <laughs> um, so I did get everything I wanted from this mm, Yeah, I got film, but we'll come. I got creepiness from the beginning, because there's, there's always been, I don't know what it is, there's something about these 50s Atomic B movies. I don't know. I, I've always thought it's because it's because they're black and white, but they're not gothic mm. and there's something a bit weird about that for me it doesn't compute in my little brain so I mm. find it weird and, and jarring and creepy there's something about the music and the, the, the sound the creaky sound quality of it mm. that I just find eerie from the get go and what's that instrument that they use it's a is it a theremin is that what the whistle yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, 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 is it so I don't say that all theremin no, it's a theremin theremin yeah. that's the electronic one isn't yeah. it yeah. 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 yeah it's that freaks me out as yeah. well it annoys me after about ten minutes because mm. throughout the film. But uh, I did like when uh, when his wife phones uh, and the, the switchboard scene. You got a little fanfare. It was like, yeah, it's just someone plugging a fucking no. cable in. Why did that, that get a fanfare? Because I love it. It's brilliant. It blows my <laughs> mind every time I see a scene of an old fashioned switchboard with you like plugging in. My man blows the thing that that happened. I can't. I don't get it. I just think that sounds so much more complicated than what actually happens now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did like that um, Dr. Suzuki was saying, oh, you know, we'll go for geisha parties and you have a laugh about it. And I was saying, oh, you know, that's a, that's a laugh. And then about a minute later, <laughs> yeah. the geisha party. party. Yeah. It's, it's like, all quite sedate. <laughs> and then about 10 minutes later, he's got like four, four geishas all over him. Their clothes are falling off and he's in his Hey, Doc, tell her it's an old American custom called smooch, hmm? And tell her she smooches good. Oh, I don't know. Tell her I am fish yet. Tell her she smooches good. And tell her I like to give her some advanced lessons, man. I don't have to tell her anything, Larry. 
I think she understands you very well. Maybe, but let's find out. Hey, listen, girl. I think you're all very beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah. One of them. What's he say? She smooches good. Yeah. She smooches good. She smooches good. I want to give her less. I want to give us more advanced tuition. That he remembers he's married. Yeah. <laughs> and then <yeah>. gets off. <laughs> I love um, Ta- Tara's sort of seduction of Larry, where she takes him to the hot spring and stuff. I think that's hilarious. Sexy, sexy spot. She's very sexy and she's very um, just bored with everything. Yeah, she's yeah. she's actually quite good because like she's not she's not sort of pandering after a man in this at this point anyway. She's sort of above it all and a bit mm. aloof and a bit like oh I've got a job to do, a bit of may as well do it. She's sort of she seems more sort of in control of everything. Than a woman in one of these films should be. Yeah, yeah. especially when she's introduced with the um, here's my assistant. She has many talents. Yeah, and one of them is being beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that's not a talent. <laughs> but she's just sort of got an iron yeah. quality to her about yeah. her, hasn't she? She's not that. Really. Yeah, her character is more than that. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So apparently, part of this is that he's being. Yawed to the hot springs because the hot the, the yeah. cream to the hot Something spring water yeah. is meant to be part of the process of this yeah. injection, isn't it? So, it not long after that, he notices that there's something wrong with his yeah. neck, and he. I think every time he gets itchy, he has a theremin, doesn't he? So whenever he yeah, hears so that, he you does, know, he's yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he looks and he sees there's like a bit of a there's like a bit of a blister, yeah, isn't there on his. Like his neck and his shoulder, which is a bit unpleasant. Which just gets more unpleasant. Mm. Well, oh. get to my favourite part of the whole thing. Yeah. Tara, going back to Tara, it just made me laugh that um so she was like sort of she is sort of more in control than you than you'd expect. And when she when she starts to sort of like Larry, the character is basically saying, um, you know, if I'm with a man he better not be with anyone else. Mm. Mm. But because it's 1959, the line of dialogue is, when I belong to a man, (laughs) no one else does. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's horrible. I'll tell you the truth, Tara. It's you I want. I feel comfortable with you. Something strange has been happening to me lately. I, I can't explain it. You're the only one that seems to understand. Don't ever leave me. No, Larry. Not this way. What do you mean, not this way? When I belong to a man, no one else does. If it can't be that way, then I don't want him. You're thinking about Linda? Yes. She's not going to give up so easily, Larry. I know how a woman thinks. If I'm not mistaken, she's waiting for you at your apartment right now. She said she'd leave if I didn't come back. That won't settle it. You must go and tell it's finished. It would be best that way. You wait for me here? I'll wait for you to come back. If you come back. But the way she delivers it is like, you know, if yeah. you're with me, you're not with anyone. Yeah. You're not with any other bitch. You know, that's that's the way she delivers it, but the line itself is just like... <laughs> that's that's the scene before that is so weird, where it's like, is it one night out where they're like, they're like a dance, aren't they? They're like ballroom dancing, and then it goes to like a weird Japanese house, and the to do like weird Japanese dance and then it cuts back to them I'm like is that like they've, they've been on three dates or is that the same night <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's like one weird night out if yeah. all that happens in one day some sort of yeah. yeah and then that's when you come back and there's the wife and I love just when the wife shows up it's hello Larry and then it's very dun 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 yeah, yeah. 
Is this the same way he goes to choke her and she does that funny little gasp thing? She's like, ah! and runs away. Never flees. I just became a real self for once, that's all. Nobody's going to tie me down anymore. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. So this is the first time it's like a surprise. Oh, that bit where they, where they make her feel bad for being yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he starts to get, he starts to, part of the, his transformations, he starts to get a bit grumpy. Mm. Yeah. But the dialogue's so funny, it's like, what does he say? She says, it's the girlfriend or me. And he turned around and says, come on, Tara, let's go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then she says, I'll wait till midnight. And I'm like, you've just got your fucking answer. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I'll wait till midnight and then I'll go to the hotel and wait for you again. Yeah, but, but she plays it all completely I, like subservient, like she's done, she's in the wrong. Yeah. Oh. I don't think he even says though, come on, let's go, Tara. I think he says, come on, let's go, leaving it ambiguous and then goes and grabs one and walks out, which is just even more bitchy. Yeah. It's just... And then, and then Tara's like... The strange thing is it's his apartment. Yeah. So why doesn't he just say, get, get out? out. <laughs> <laughs> it's only to realize if you're the one who leaves them. <laughs> yeah, it is, that's true. I like the hairy handed murder montage. Yeah. Yes. So that's what was, that's his next bit of his transformation is his yeah. hairy hand. It's called a hairy hand. It reminds me of Father Ted a bit that. Just look at his hairy hand. <laughs> <laughs> so his hairy hand that he now has to sort of I was going to mine it then, but you can't see. He has to conceal about yeah. his person, doesn't he? He's got like a weird oven glove on in one scene, doesn't he? Yeah. So he says, what's wrong with your hand? And like, oh, I burnt it. I burnt Yeah, I burnt it. Now I've got a mitten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a woolly mitten covering my hairy hand. My outsized hairy hand. So then the transformation of his moodies becomes quite murdery, doesn't he? Yeah. So he tries to get some solace from um, a Buddhist... Monk who doesn't speak any English. Is this after he's? I think he. Well, he goes and sees his wife again for the second time, doesn't he? Yeah. That's when he says, "Maybe I should have slapped you down sooner." (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh dear. So then he slaps down a poor Buddhist monk, monk, and then he and steals his prayer beads. And then he says later on, when he's being questioned about why he's got the prayer beads, um, and the 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 murder is public but nobody knows it's him he says i've talked to a lot of buddhists lately and found that they're good they're very they're um i found out one very good thing about them they mind their own business <laughs> <laughs> and then he murders a woman on the street and he gets introduced to a psychiatrist doesn't he because he's behaving so strangely that's his friend ian he's in the neighborhood with a doctor <laughs> i'm just i was in the neighborhood and there's a doctor a doctor i'm going to stage an intervention on you yeah. and you're not going to be get pissed off with me yeah. we were just out for drinks you... in the neighborhood I think you need psychiatric yeah. intervention on a Saturday night. Brilliant. The graph. The graph of saying, well, this is the transformation, this is what is going to happen. Like, Were you experimenting? So you should How be. How do you know? How do you know? <laughs> you meant to just observe. <laughs> what's the about What's trans- it monitoring? I don't understand it. <laughs> it's monitoring his transformation. So he's. Gone through the first pump of the graph, <laughs> which I guess is the blister and the, the hairy hand. He's in a little, <laughs> bit of a, trough, a little bit of a trough, and now he's going to the, the next peak, which is the next part of his transformation. Shoulder eye. Shoulder eye. I want shoulder <laughs> eye. Shoulder oh. eye is brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
Well, I'm just showing me the shoulder. I was doing shoulder. <laughs> I was doing, <laughs> I was doing shoulder eye to my boyfriend. <laughs> Can't sleep the rest of the night. He said you shouldn't watch these films. Are too much of a bad influence. I left my hand, my head on his shoulder with one hand. Yeah, and the other one. Just, but just shoulder iron. Shoulder. That's the next frontier of plastic surgery. You just get a shoulder. Just get a yeah, shoulder. Oh God. So yes, he notices that there's something further wrong with his little blister and exposes his shoulder in the mirror and seizes an eye, which looks at him, oh. which is like the creepiest thing. It is it's the really best creepy. thing. It's like, so fucked up, isn't it? It's amazing. It's like really disturbed. It's very, very disturbed. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> but I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's the sort of thing that you would have, you wouldn't see in an American film now, but you mm. would see in a Japanese film, yeah. isn't it? That's it's a very yeah. Japanese sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like the hand coming back, out the back of the head in the grudge. Mm. Yeah. That's mm. yeah. just like a body horror thing. Uh, so, yeah, and then two heads. Two heads are better than one. Two heads are better than one, and he kills. It's the... like a little mini head to begin with, isn't it? Small yeah, it, head. Well, do you know, it's, it's very strange, isn't it? Because <laughs> he gets the eye, and then... Bang, he's got a head. Yeah. He's got two heads. Yeah. And all of a sudden the head's bigger and the head like grows much quicker than the eye. Yeah. The eye takes a bit of a while to yeah. develop. <laughs> Maybe it's just a snowball effect. I feel like this is a penis trophy. <laughs> you look into the eye and it grows <laughs> into a big head. <laughs> and snowball. Because the face on the monster is a little bit, it's got like a demon, like that Japanese yeah, demon look yeah. to it. As in terms, it's definitely like a Japanese influence. Because it's like the the face that he sees in the the demon statue he sees in the monastery. Yeah, it's like that a little bit, isn't it? I don't know. It's crude, but I find it crazy. Do you use the head? I think, I think like the eye is more effective than the head. Yeah, 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 yeah it's the head is a bit. Um, it's, it's just a it jar doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Just gonna yeah. sit there next to him. And they film it a lot in darkness to cover yeah, yeah, it's the cool. cheap effect of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but it, that's for that is fun. Yeah. So Dr. Suzuki um says that he's evolved into a um, into an entirely new species. Um and it's at that point that they realise that Larry is the killer of these various people who've died in the city doing, yeah. isn't it? And so they're pursuing him through the city. And he escapes th- up the mountain and returns to Dr. Suzuki's yeah. Yeah. house. Just for whatever reason. For, who knows, <laughs> what reason? Well, maybe they'd be able to reverse the head. Maybe. Well, doesn't Dr. Dr. Suzuki, whose first name is Robert as well, that <laughs> yeah, traditional Rob. Japanese name, Rob. <laughs> Robert Suzuki. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> he says, doesn't he? Oh, he'll come back. He was born in the mountain, so he'll come he'll back, come to, back the to the mountain. Yeah. And there's that scene right at the beginning, isn't it, where um, actually I can't believe we've, we've, we've missed it out. The very opening scene <laughs> of the film is the girls swimming in the oh, mountain yeah, pool, yeah. all delightfully, and then um, a monster yeah. comes along and they're just they're dead. That's, the dead. The pace they, is fast. It's like yeah. two people dead within thirty seconds. And blood on a screen. Yeah, it is a very fast pace. Yeah. And then the hairy monster turns up at the lair, and Doctor Suzuki kills it with some mystery gas, and it turns out to be his brother. Yeah. Doesn't he shoot it? I thought he shoot. He, shoot he, he, he puts the gas, doesn't it, to blind it, and then he shoots him. Yeah. And then puts him in the fan. And then oh, it's family, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Because then the other twist there. Uh, because I think it all gets a bit bleak at the end. Yeah. 
the wife. It's so the, so the mutants in the jail cell is actually his wife. Right. They travel to America to become scientists. But like she's like this, she's like this pathetic, de- uh, like de- uh, deformed woman trapped yeah. in a cell. Yeah. And then he just decides to shoot her and put her out of her misery. Yeah. I think it's really bleak. I was his, like, his, yeah. his commitment to being an evil genius doesn't last that long, does it? No. Once <laughs> He's not very committed. It's like so. Right. He, he did this with his brother and his wife, but this random guy. That his secretary, yeah. assistant, yeah. girlfriend fancies. Oh no, I'm gonna end it all. He regrets. <laughs> he, he, yeah. He, he enters into remorse very, very quickly. Yeah. His yeah. commitment was very shaky. Those last ten years of experiments, they were fine. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Were fine. Now this is the last straw. Yes. <laughs> this, my, yeah. Yeah. My family have been home. So that's nothing. Complete stranger turning into a complete new species. Yeah, that's the line. <laughs> <laughs> Because doesn't Tara give him oh, here's something you might need and it's a little mini sword to kill himself yes. with? Yes. <laughs> to commit Harry to Harry. Harry there, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh. oh. Sorry. Just on him. Um, apart from the graph. <laughs> the graph's had, amazing. There's also the <laughs> map. The very impressive map. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the following. I'm looking for a connection but there is no connection in the cases that you can say. And the journalist goes, that's a very impressive map. No, it's just a map. It's, a map. <laughs> it's just a map where each person's dead. I love how like, passive-aggressive that guy is, where he's just like, next time, give us some actual information. <laughs> and then fucks up. I'm just like, that's the most belligerent fucking press I've ever seen. So then Larry actually splits into two completely separate bodies, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That was quite freaky. Yeah. He still had his clothes on. Um, yeah. So there's actually two Larrys, but one is the old Larry and one is the new monster, yeah. monster Larry, isn't it? Um, and the the, mon- the the second monstrous one grabs poor old Tara. I liked Tara, even though she was a bit hard and mm. well, she'd forgotten how to care. At least she I had some balls. She had some balls, and, and I wanted her to. Li- I did want her to live, but <laughs> she gets thrown into a volcano. <laughs> well, I made the notes. I made the notes. Um, oh, so Larry still gets to be a hero and save Damsel Tara. But hang on, here's his wife. Tara's a harlot. She can't survive. Oh, it's okay. She's been chucked in a volcano. Which, coincidentally, whilst all this is coming to a climax, decides to erupt. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. Timing. Um, and it also erupts and people run to water. Yeah. Yes. And so... Well, after he's thrown her into the volcano, the police arrive with Larry's wife, who's obviously. chasing up the mountain in her high heel shoes, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Um, he must be rich. And to see Larry fighting with himself on an erupting volcano and killing himself by throwing himself into the volcano. Yeah. Yes. But his second self. His monster soul. I'm not saying this very well. So, he, no, no. but yeah, but he's still there. It's just he's thrown he's thrown the monster. Larry. He's thrown the monster Larry into the volcano. Hairy Larry, hairy Larry. So I think it's possibly the only time that you'll see somebody fight themselves on the edge of <laughs> an erupting volcano, and then use it to kill the second version and, of themselves. Um, you see, if you, if you think back to my metaphor, this is where good Larry prevails and gets rid of the alcoholic. Larry says, no, no, no more to the alcohol. So no more sake. You go into the volcano. <laughs> Bad Larry. It's all a metaphor for the 12-step program yeah. of Alcoholics Anonymous. <sighs> they should have ended it with somebody offering them some sake and he said no. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, I feel like 
this film is totally on that deep level to have this metaphor I think it's crying out for the remix even yeah and then they have a discussion don't they about whether he can actually be held responsible for any mm. of the murders that he's done I was going to say his, his defence in court will be interesting because <laughs> they're sort of trying to imply that he won't be prosecuted mm. because it's no yeah. case even though it was him that killed them but it does then result in the best final line of dialogue ever mm. have faith have faith in the good that's still in Larry and in all men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we end the film. That's how we end the film. It's very short. Yeah. B movie. The interesting thing about this film, in one of our previous Halloween episodes, yeah. you um, mentioned Eyes Without a Face. Yes. And this was released as a double bill yeah. with Eyes Without a Face in America. Well, I've read that. I was, thinking, I was thinking to myself, can you imagine going to that double bill? I'm watching Eyes Without a Face and then this. Yes. What went wrong, was it? Does it, does it or was it Eyes Without a Face first or? No <coughs> idea, but it was 1960. 1960 yeah. This sort of float film floated around for a while, but then yeah. it didn't actually get a proper release until it was released as a double bill with Eyes Without a Face in it's 62. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very funny. I think when I was looking it up online, it seemed to have like a bit of a following of people who remembered it from growing up and seeing it a lot yeah. but not knowing what it was called they just mm. remembered it was that film that they enjoyed I mean I got, TV, I got yeah. this disappears in lots of lists yeah. on the internet of films you should watch for Halloween mm. and that's it? why I picked it yeah. oh, that's, that's how I discovered it because yeah, I just googled totally films to watch on Halloween scary films to watch yeah. on Halloween I'm glad you chose it because I never would have watched this in a million years mm. yeah it's, you know, it's got cult film all over it as well, hasn't it? It's kind yeah. of like it's the 50s B-movie with the atomic age and you've yeah. got like the Japanese influence. Like, So probably obviously the first Godzilla had been popular so yeah. people were starting... Japan was opening yeah. up to the world so people were starting to get interested in Japan so this was probably one of the first kinds of... You know, people go to the cinema. Yeah. This was probably their first experience of Japanese yeah. film yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. Kurosawa was just probably getting mm-hmm. mainstream. Just people were hearing of in America but... Probably other than that, probably not much. Probably like racist stereotypes in, yes. in, um, in other films <laughs> that was about to say. Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah. So if you're interested in watching this film, you should do it. It's only 70 minutes long, so it's not going to take very much time out of your life. Yeah. If you hate it, it's only an hour you've lost. If you love it, then it's an hour you've gained. It's yeah, something sure. to ask your Screaming Queen's collection. Um, I'm just reading through my notes and just want this quick for me. I've made the notes about the boss being an ass for him. But I never, I never punctuated it, and asked for him landed on its own. So my notes is just ask for him. At one point when they're pursuing Larry, they say, "I know where he'll be. He'll be in Torres." And I turned to my boyfriend and said, "How do they know Torres or where she lives?" And my boyfriend said, "Well, obviously everybody knows. Oh, Tor- yeah. Everyone's had to go with Torres. Everybody's yeah. in Torres." <laughs> Yeah, I think some of the police ones questionable. It's like where they see someone climbing over, the, they see him climbing over the wall, but they don't identify where it is. They just see a shape moving, blow the whistle once, and then just start shooting at him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, fair enough. Man on a wall, shooting. Yeah, it's like if that's policing in Japan, I don't, yes. you know. That's probably policing in America. Well, yeah. Well, yes. I, for one, I'm grateful that you found this film no. for us. It, yeah. well, it was good. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And you can't have any of the serious criticism that we've had of any of the films that we talked about as a Halloween special because 
Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> just watch it and laugh. Really. Yeah, it's just mad. Well, we hope you enjoyed. That was the last of our Halloween specials. Um, please do let us know what you thought of it. Give us a shout on Twitter. I'm at Johnny Larkin. Stephen Moore is at HC99. And John Butler is at Cthulhu. Five over two. And I'm at Taurus. Martin's in the volcano. With Harry Harry. Harry Larry. Larry Larry and his hairy hands. He's watching you at night for this shoulder. By the time this actually comes out, it'll be post-Halloween. But happy Halloween anyway. Happy Halloween. It's happy. Do you know what? I found that like Twitter and Facebook is like overrun in October by people suddenly becoming like horror movie fans yeah. and be like horror-tober and all this. And it's like, this is every day for us. Mm-hmm. In fact, we should have subverted and just like watched rom-coms all month. I, to be fair, I said if we were going to do a non-horror episode, it should have been Halloween to go against the trend. Because it's done showgirls. Showgirls would be perfect for Halloween. Uh, that'd be brilliant. Right. Scrap all this. Scrap it. Scrap it. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will actually... Do you have a hunger to hear us do showgirls? If you do, then please tweet me and let me know. Yeah. Do you want to hear us talk about showgirls? Bear in mind, showgirls is possibly my favourite film. No pressure. But do let us know if you'd like to. No pressure. Bye. He was an average sort of guy. The image of us all. How can I say this? There was good in Larry and there was evil. The evil part broke through, took hold. Call it an accident or call it a warning. A warning? I'm a reporter, not a mystic, Linda. But there are things beyond us, things perhaps we're not meant to understand. If what's happened has made this all clear, well then, perhaps it makes sense after all. Have faith, Linda. Have faith in the good that's still in Larry and in all men.